Hey everyone, it's Dorianne from YourCareerGirl.com, and this is another episode of the Deeper Than Work podcast. The Deeper Than Work podcast is a podcast for women professionals who are ready to accelerate career change and really take their career to the next level. So if that sounds like you, you are in the right place. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about the six things I did before I made a huge career change. So a lot of the women that I come in contact with and that I speak to through coaching or just through my HR work or whatever, they are really at a crossroads in their career and they know that they're ready to do something else. They know that they do want a career change, but they're not sure how to go about making that change. And a lot of times the industry or the role or you know the 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 type of work that they're currently doing is completely different from the work that they want to get into and the dilemma is how do I show myself as a viable candidate how can I prove that I have transferable skills what can I do to stand out with all from all these people who actually do have the experience and skills? Like, what can I do to actually make this career change? And as a person who's made two huge career changes over the course of my own professional journey, there are just some things that I have done consistently along the way that have made that process more um, easy for me. And it's things that I I coach women through as well. So I wanted to kind of talk about what I did, what the process was, and kind of give you the the tips that you need if you're looking to do the same. But before I do that, if you haven't already, go on over to yourcareergirl.com. If you're really serious about career change and you really want to make over your career, then you can take a look at my five-day career makeover toolkit. You'll learn all the steps and everything you need to really get serious about transforming your career. So that's yourcareergirl.com. Click that big button that you want a five-day career makeover and get started with the process. So with that, let me just a little, uh, introduce myself really quickly. If you are new to this podcast, my name is Dorianne St. Fleur, and I am an HR expert and career coach, and I specialize in helping women professionals take their career to the next level. So if you're trying to make more money, if you're trying to have more impact, if you're trying to really spend time doing things that you love, then we should talk because that's exactly what I specialize in. So that's a little bit about me. So let's talk about the six things that I did to make a huge career change. So like I said, I've made two big changes over the course of my career. So I graduated from college back in 2005. I went to Spelman College. Any chance I get to say Spelman College, I say it. So I went to Spelman College and graduated in 2005 with a degree in psychology. And initially, I went into the operations field. I was at an investment bank. I did that for about four or five years, um, realized it wasn't really working for me. I learned all that I needed to learn, and I wanted to do something else. So being that this was my first job out of school, I had a psychology degree, then I was working in operations. I really came to a point where it's like, so I know this is not working. I know that this is not what I want to do, but I'm not quite sure what the next step looks like. What is my next move? So after doing some soul searching and talking to some mentors and I taken some classes at NYU for intro to human resources management, I, it really peaked in my interest. It really sparked something in me. And I realized that even though I had never been in HR, 
I'd been doing a lot of HR type things over the course of my career. So I was that person who was helping people get their resume together when they were looking to either leave the company or they were looking to transfer to another department within the company and they wanted someone to take a look at their resume I was that person. If they were going to have a difficult conversation with another coworker or with their boss, their boss's boss, I would be the person role playing with them and having mock conversations and telling them that you should think about, you know, doing it like this or think about saying it this way. And these are things that nobody tasked me with. It wasn't something that I was assigned. It wasn't had nothing to do with the job that I was doing. Again, I was in operations, working for an investment bank. It was very, you know, you know, execution and 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 very numbers oriented. Like it had nothing to do with these things that I was doing, but there was just some skill that I had there, the um, interest in this, and you know, I was helping people get results. So there was some like innate curiosity and some, you know, just just interest in the whole thing. So that coupled with the fact that I took some courses at NYU to intro to HR and I realized, okay, I thought HR was just about hiring people and firing people. I didn't know that there were just so many subsections within HR and so many ways that I could add value in my career. So those things kind of prompted me to say, I want to move into HR. Now, forget the fact that I, you know, have a degree in psychology, forget the fact that I've been working in operations for all this time and that I don't really have any concrete experience, I'm still going to transition into HR. That's just all I knew I was going to do. And looking back now, I mean, it ended up working out and I transitioned into HR um, back in 2010, I believe it was, and I haven't looked back since. Um, So it obviously worked out for me, but... It wasn't by accident. So as I look back now, when I think about what are the things that I did, what were the steps that I took to successfully transition into a field that I had zero formal training in, zero experience, I had no connections, like this was literally a move that no one saw coming. When I told my boss I wanted to move into HR, he's like, really? You are one of the operations managers here. You've built out teams. Like I see you as like an execution person and, you know, getting into the process you want to move into HR like it was really left field for people it just seemed like unexpected and when I when I think back now I see how I can connect those dots and I see how I was able to do that so let me walk you through the six things that I did at that time and then later on in my career um, a few months ago I I transitioned from financial services into the whole advertising technology world. And so it's still HR, yes, but it's a totally, totally, and if you're familiar with, you know, finance and the tech space, like it's just a totally different ball game. They're two totally different ways of doing things, different motivators, like the whole, the whole thing. So, you know, I was able to transition again, having zero tech experience, not knowing what they do, not speaking the language of the tech world. Like I literally, um, knew nothing, 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 nothing. I didn't even know the name of the company. I didn't know what, like I knew the name of the company. Obviously I'm applying there, but I didn't know what they did. Like it was just a shot in the dark and I was able to transition into that as well. So my point is I, in two very you know, distinct chapters in my career journey, I was able to transition and these are the steps that I did to do these things. And it's what I teach 
women and how I coach them through the process if they're looking for transition as well. So the first thing I did was I got really clear on what I was running from. So when someone says, I want to transition into this industry or I want to transition into this type of role, there's usually something prompting that change. And I call that the thing you're running from. So is it that you don't enjoy you know, the administrative aspects of your job? Is it that you don't enjoy having to think big picture and have the strategic thinking and you'd rather be in the details and building out process? Like, what is it about your current job? And this is deeper. When I went through this process for myself, it's deeper than I don't like my boss, I don't like my coworkers, the commute is long, you know, the hours are long. Yes, those things played a part, but those are not, that's not what you're running away from. You're running away from the way you feel because of those things. You're running away from the fact that by being in a job where you don't have a good relationship with your manager, you're not able to progress at the pace that you want to. You're not able to have someone who can support your career and help you with your development. So if you're a person who values that, if you're a person who wants to be developed, wants to have that role model and and mentorship type of relationship with the person that you report to and you don't have that, then that's a valid reason. So basically it's taking the things that you don't like and digging a little bit deeper to figure out like, why is it that you don't like these things? Why is it that it's something that you need to be working on and something that you should change? So I really got clear on what it is I was running from. The second thing I did was then, once I knew what I was running from, I wanted to get clear on what I was running toward. And now it may seem like, well, isn't it the same thing? And it's really not. So I'm running, so in the same example, yes, I'm running away from you know this bad boss and I'm, I don't have someone who is managing my career and someone that I can trust and confide in. Um, And so what I'm running toward though is an atmosphere where my value, my impact is valued. My contributions are valued. So it's, it's, it's kind of two sides of the same coin, but it's taking it another step further. We, uh, we like people stop short at what they don't want all the time. And they hardly try to start thinking about what is it that I actually do want. Running away from things, a great motivator, but what's going to keep you there in the long haul and keep you motivated and when the process of looking for new opportunities, you know, it's not panning out and and these roadblocks are there, when you know what it is you're working towards, when you're clear on, you know, what you're looking for and what you need, that's what's going to get you to the next level. So these are literally two separate processes. You should take some time to think about what it is you don't want, what it is you're moving from, and dig deeper and and the why behind that. And then separately think about, okay, so now that aside, what what do I want? What does my ideal look like? And that kind of brings us to step number three, which is creating your ideal job spec. So your ideal job specifications. Now that you know what you don't want, you know what you do want, What ideally does your job look like? And this process probably took me the longest. Like this process of thinking about what would my hours be? What time would I go in? What, you know, what, what, what profile would I want for my, um, my coworkers and what kind of, what kind of work did I want to be focusing on? I really went through the entire workday and really tried to piece together what it would look like and what that would mean. And the fact that I had done the pre-work of knowing what I was running from and what I was running toward, it really made this process 
that much simpler and that much more seamless. And so that was a big part of how I was able to just really be clear on what I wanted. And you'll find if you're, if this is also an opportunity for you to, to, it's kind of like a pressure test, like, am I making the right decision? So I think I want to do this thing, but then when I put out my ideal job spec and I look at, you know, the things that I'm looking at, actually this job that I'm trying to do or this industry that I'm trying to go into, it's going to be more of the same. I'm not really getting away from the things that I don't want. So it's a good way to just some checks and balances to make sure that what you're saying you want is what you actually want. So creating that ideal job spec for yourself with laying out really clearly what it is you want is a good step in the process. The fourth step is to focus on your strengths. Why do people leave this part out of the equation in their job search? And whether, whether even if you're not changing industries or making a big career change, the fact that you want to do something different and you are in a job search, you should know your strengths. And it's more than saying, I'm a good team player and I'm a hard worker. No, boo-boo. That is not a strength. That is not, you know, that's not unique to you. That is not a signature strength. And there's many ways to go about doing this. You can sit down and have a real conversation with yourself. What are the things you do well, always have done well? things that you really gravitate towards you can ask other people I recommend the strengths finder assessment um, I use that for all of my clients and I use that for myself to really it's a series of questions that really you go through and you figure out what your top five strengths are like you really should be clear about what are the things that you do well and it's not to say that if you don't do a certain thing particularly well then you shouldn't look for jobs that have that but it's really about just being clear about you know who you are and what you bring to the table and especially when you're trying to do a career change like for me coming from operations and going into HR and not having any of that experience I had to rely heavily heavily on my strengths what is it about me that that should let you take a chance on me hiring manager what is it about my strengths that I will bring you know value and add value to your team even though you're going to have to bring me up to speed and teach me about the ways of HR and teach me about policies and processes and all these things that I have no idea about because this is just not my experience what is it about my strengths that I can show you that it's worth that risk and in order to explain your strengths to people, in order for people to get on board with what skills you have, you're going to have to know it for yourself. And again, it's more than just saying these blanket things like I work well with others and I am a good public speaker. It's it's going beyond that and thinking about what specifically about that? So you being a good public speaker, why is that a strength of you? Are you able to persuade people with your speaking? Are you able to bring some emotion out of people? Are you able to influence people? Like what about public speaking makes it your strength? Again, people stop short just at the surface and they like to just call out, oh, I'm a team player. Okay, I'm a good, I'm a people person. Okay, what specifically though about being a people person makes that your strength? A strength is something that is unique to you and it's something that you're able to use to bring about some sort of outcome. And how is being a good people person, what outcome does that bring about for you? Why is that something that feels good and that works well you know, in your career? So those are things that you need to be really clear on. And that to me was the pivotal part for my career changes for both of them, the big switches that I made was being able to articulate my strengths very, very clearly so that the hiring managers could see the value in taking a chance on me. The fifth thing I did was I created my value proposition. 
And value proposition is basically the what, the why, and the how. So it's what you do, it's why you do it, and how you do it. And again, it's hard to put together what your value proposition is and you know your one-liner of what it is you bring to the table if you're not clear on your strengths. You'll find that these things go hand in hand. So I had to explain very quickly and very concisely the fact that my ability to bring about change in employees and have them be motivated to do their best at work, you know, by influencing them, you know, doing all those things so that they were able to work better in their roles, be more efficient and effective. Like that was my value proposition. And notice I didn't say I didn't have to, you know, harp on the fact that I didn't necessarily have an HR experience, but I'm talking about tangible things that I've done. So I'm able to motivate people into change. I'm able to motivate people's behavior. And by doing that, that's helping the company because people are more engaged at work. They're more effective. They're more efficient. They're happier. And that in turn drives the bottom line. And I did this by, and just, you know, obviously I had specific examples to back that up. But my point is you again need to be clear on what it is you bring to the table and creating your own value proposition statement helps you do that. And then I went to the sixth step, which was marketing myself. And this is the myth that people have. So they say, okay, so I want to make a career change. I want to switch. So let me throw my resume out there and just start applying. And maybe I'll tweak some words in my cover letter and make it applicable. That's like step number six, as you can see. There's so much pre-work and so much prep work that goes on behind the scenes before you even get to marketing yourself and updating your resume and sending it out and cover letters and networking and having information interviews and you know worrying about your personal pitch. There's so much that comes before that. And people get stuck in this space. It's like, no one wants to hire me. They don't think that I'll be a good fit. They don't want to take a chance on me. And it's, did you do all of the pre-work before that to show yourself as a viable candidate? Do, do you know specifically why this is even a good role for you? Is this a role? Does this fit into your ideal job spec? You know, what are your strengths? Are your, Do your strengths coincide with this job? Are you able to articulate what your value proposition is? Like these things all flow together in a story. And when I was able to put all this together and I was able to really package myself in a way that showed that I'd done my research and that I would be a good fit and how I could transform my skills, it was a no-brainer. They wanted to, you know, take that chance on me. Again, a person with zero training, didn't know anything about HR besides a random course that I took, I was able to create a home for myself in this space and just literally take off. So these are really important when you're looking to do a, a career change. Um, you need to walk yourself through this process. So I'll just summarize what those six things are. The first thing is to be clear about what you're running from. The second is to be clear again on what you're running toward. Then number three, you wanna create your ideal job spec. Number four, you want to focus on your strengths. Identify them and focus on them. Then you want to create your value proposition. And number six, begin to market yourself based on all of this pre-research that you've done and everything you've packaged together. Now begin to market yourself 
you know, for this new opportunity in this new industry. So those are the six things that I did to transition from operations into HR. And then again, to transition from the finance sector into technology. If you have any questions at all, you can always reach out to me. You can head on over to yourcareergirl.com and contact me there. Um, If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Also tell a friend, the more the merrier. And again, if you are ready for a career makeover in just five days, then head on over to yourcareergirl.com and make sure you sign up for the free career makeover toolkit. I'll see you on the next episode.